This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And we are continuing our podcast uh, series about the journey. And uh, we've been going through every topic that's in the journey process that we, the the beloved process that we take people through over a nine-month period of time. And but I've been I've been asking different leaders in our ministry to comment and give their perspectives about different topics. So uh, we're on the tail end of the journey when we are talking about living it out. And you've heard us talking about Gabe and how he was a God seeker. He was a God abider. Uh, and then he lived it out first in his home. And uh, Frank Khalil, our regional director in Tulsa, shared that with me. But my guest this morning to talk about living it out in your world is none other than Les Piercy. A regional director out in Bakersfield, California. So welcome, Les. It's good to be here, Brian. Thanks. You bet. Um, a lot of people uh, know who you are, Les, if they've been to summits and got to hear you talk and uh, or see one of your crazy live it out, uh, you know, exercises that we did at summits back in Malibu. Those were great, great times. And you were, you were behind that, uh, loving to challenge men to go and give their lives away. But, uh, so, uh, you know, just real quick, if they don't know your story, you you came to influencers by way of Pete McKenzie, uh, one of your longtime mentors and yes. old baseball coach. And you were out there starting a men's ministry in Bakersfield and looking for a way to mentor men, looking for a way to disciple men. And Pete told you about this this thing called the journey, and you didn't didn't even know what it was. And so uh that was gosh, 17 years ago, probably. And uh since then, uh, you know. Thousands of men and women in the Bakersfield area have gone through the journey, and uh, you guys have quite a quite a movement going on there. So, any comments about about your connection to the journey and what all's happened in seventeen years? We're going to give a little oversight of that. Oh, absolutely! I I can only tell you that Pete and I go way back. I was nineteen years of age. I played on a athletes in action trip to South America, and Pete was I think thirty at the time, and he was the coach. And so we went to share Jesus in Colombia, Dominican Republic, and Panama. And then who would have ever thought that many, many, probably 30 years later, that Pete and I would be involved in the same ministry called Influencers. So Pete had come up and spoken to our men at one point in time on what is it to be a man of God? And I asked him, I said, Pete, man, I'm seeing all my friends come to Jesus Ah, what, what do you use for material to disciple him? He says, have you tried Rocky's material? I said, who's Rocky? And he says, Rocky's <laughs> like my best friend. He's got this really great material. You ought to try it. And so Pete lives probably three hours from me. And so he kind of just sends me a little bit of information. And we happen to be starting groups the next week. And we had 200 and something guys show up for the first day. And we're starting the journey. And it's like, have you been through it before? Nope. But I'm trusting my buddy, Pete, that uh, this is great material. So, guys, go along with me. So, it was a great experience. Yeah. Well, so, you know, of all the men that have gone through the process and all that now, looking back, um, what what do you love about 
the journey and what, what have you, I mean, as far as what it does for a man or a woman, what, what, what's your most favorite thing about it? Uh, my favorite thing is it's, it's a process. It's not a program. It's ongoing. Therefore I've been doing this 17 years now. I don't need another study to go through. I don't need a new book. This has taught me how to spend time with Jesus. And to me, that's the most valuable lesson I could ever learn. Uh, you know, my younger life, I, I was involved in church every week, but I wasn't spending time with Jesus every day. Uh, it was kind of like the story of, you know, if, if you only spend an hour a week with your wife, you know, how well are you going to know her? Not very well. But we think we can spend an hour on Sunday going to church and we're going to know the Lord. No, the journey has taught me time with Papa. And it's a lifestyle. It's a process. It's ongoing. It never stops. I, I love that word lifestyle. That is, it's kind of, it changes the way you view life and how you live life, you know, and, and, and what a disciple, uh, the lifestyle of a disciple would look like. Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, in the journey, it, 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 you know, the first two segments are really digging in deep to who is God and how intimate he is. And then, and then what does it mean to abide with him, which is a term that we're always trying to figure out and understand. And then um, you get to the back end and uh, it's like, okay, what do you do with that? You know, how do you, how do you live it out? And so we, you know, when you talk about living it out, we, you know, I love it that we say live it out at home first, and then we say live it out to your world. But uh when you say live it out to your world, what, what does that mean to you uh, when you think about Gabe's principle of that? You know, I'm going to give you a couple illustrations uh, that really rocked my world, um, both my wife and I. And it was probably 20 years ago when I first started doing stuff with uh, influencers. And what rocked my world and really made me pay attention to living it out was first, uh, there was a guy who I knew and uh, he just happened to ask me, he says, Hey, where do you go to church? And I told him where I went to church. And he goes, Hey, is that the church that Joe Schmoltz goes to? I go, yeah. And he goes, I'd never go to that church. Cause if that guy calls himself a Christian, there is no way I want any part of that, man. That rocked me thinking mm. about what we do during the week really impacts the world around us where people don't even want to be involved in, in the same room if they call themselves a Christian because of the way they act in the workplace. So that was one that really hit me hard. And then the second one is way more uh, hurtful. Um, and this is pretty graphic, but I'm going to share it. Uh, my wife and I do some coaching at times. We don't call it counseling because we're not licensed counselors, but we coach marriages and we do romance weekends. We do a lot of that. And so we sat down, this was probably 15 years ago, and we sat down with this couple. His name was uh, Jimmy. And Jimmy, I knew, that was involved with influencers, and uh, he was in God's Word. He knew Scripture like the back of his hand, okay? and But he and his wife needed to come meet with us because they were getting a divorce. He had a job where he was gone 30 days, and then he was home 30 days. So I asked her, I said, what are the best days, the days he's gone or the days he's home? And to my surprise, she says, oh, by far, the days he's gone, it's way mm. better. And I said, what does that mean? And she just looks at us and she says, well, he reads the Bible every day. He memorizes stuff in the Bible. But when he's home, he beats the crap out of me. 
And why would I want to be a Christian if that's what he calls himself? I don't want to be anywhere or be anything like him. And man, that rocked my wife and I thinking, mm-hmm. wow, on the outside, we can call ourselves something. Let's call it a Christian. But on the inside, there is no signs or effect that we truly are. So it really pushed me, Brian, to really want to live my faith out in the world where men and women could see what is true, what is on the inside is what's on the outside. And we are vulnerable. We share our faults, but we're going to live our life out for Jesus where where all can see. We want to be that light on a hill, as Scripture talks about. Well, yeah, and I think um, you're you're getting at what's what we talked about. What's different about the journey, or what it does, and it's kind of it's an inside out process, you know. So it's it you have to work on a person's heart, but then it works itself out. It should work if it's real. It should work itself out into those places that we touch and all that. And it shouldn't be about preaching to people or judging people or quoting 5 million scriptures. It should just be something they see, they see in, in us. And, and we talk about how the first thing they should see is the fruit of the spirit, the love and the joy and the peace. And, and, you know, when I've been out there with you guys um, and seen some of your projects and things like that, what I, what the biggest thing I see is love. I see, I see people loving other people. I mean, I see the love amongst the brothers and the sisters out there when we're when I'm at one of your events. There's just a lot of love for each other. And I know that there's people out there fighting for each other on the battlefield together, come alongside each other, the kind of stuff you guys are doing, other people are doing. And then there's a love for the least and for the you know, you guys have fed homeless, you guys have done feeds for the poor, you know, different things like that. There's just a love that's pouring out. I mean, I know what would you, I think you would agree with that, right? Yeah, there's that saying out there that says, Tell everyone you know about Jesus. If you have to use words, do so sparingly. Right. And we we really pound on that because we want our lives to be seen as followers of Jesus. That if you cut us, we bleed Jesus. We don't we don't bleed something else because we are spending time with him. And we're also a big believer on you can't give anything away unless you've filled yourself up with something. And we mm-hmm. believe that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's time with Jesus. It's abiding. And then when we abide, then we have overflow and we can spill. You have to be filled to spill. And so uh, you mentioned the word love. Uh, yeah, that's a big one here. Our, our community is very generous as well, and that shows lots of love. And we do a lot of things in the community um, that show love. You know, a lot of people look at what we do with turkeys, and we cook uh, 1,600 turkeys, and then we deliver them to families. And we have a boatload. We have 1,500 people that show up. And a lot of people look at that as, wow. Uh, well, that's just God working through his people. You know, that's no different than what uh, we read about in scripture. And so I see a lot of our people uh, living their life out by giving to others and putting other people first rather than themselves. So in the manual, uh, in this session five at, on the back end, talking about living out to your world, um, we we talk about Gabe and just a character. This is characteristics of Gabe, and it talks about his heart. And it says that he had a thankful heart, he had a generous heart, 
He had a kingdom heart. He had a pure heart. He had a courageous heart. And to sum it all up, he had the heart of Christ. Mm. And so, you know, you already mentioned, you were already, you've kind of danced around different aspects that you've seen in men and women who've gone through the journey. And you used, you talked about generosity being one of them. Um, so I'm sure you've seen when people go through the journey and they start living it out, you've seen thankfulness, you've seen people start having more of a heart for the kingdom, you know, to, to help build the kingdom. Um, you've seen purity kind of maybe restored to, to some marriages and things. You've seen people become more courageous you people, you've seen people look more like Jesus. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, there's no question about it. Um, you mentioned the heart. One of my favorite verses is uh, Proverbs 16, 9. And it simply says, the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. We as men and women, we can choose what we want to do, and we think we're in control but the Lord directs our steps. And, and I want to follow this through because I think it's really important. A lot of people quote that verse, okay? But what they fail to see is what's above that verse. Proverbs 16, 7 says this, when a man abides or pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies have peace with him. So the other day, uh, my wife and I were with a woman and she says, you know, I pray to God every single day, but God's not hearing my prayers. I mean, what do I need to do for him to hear my prayers? And my wife just looked at her and says, well, you got sin in your life. Therefore, he can't hear your prayers. And she goes, what? What sin do I got in my life? She's asking us. And I think the fact is this, that people don't know that they're blocked from that vertical relationship with Jesus because sin blocks them. Okay, and bottom line is God directs the steps of those that are spending time with him and that are abiding with him. So he is going to use those men and women who are equipped, meaning filled up with the Spirit, and he's going to hear their prayers and therefore use them on a daily basis. And I'll give you an example. Um, we were just on a trip. And we were gone for eight weeks and we were in a trailer and we had a blowout in our trailer and we had to get off the freeway. Somebody pointed to our car and I looked at my trailer. Sure enough, blowout. I look across the street and here's this big open parking lot at the very next off ramp. And I think, oh, that'll be perfect. So I pull in to this parking lot. It's a Polaris dealership and I'll get this name wrong, but it's somewhere in Kentucky called uh, Paducah. Uh, never heard of it before, but I pull in and I'm going to go in and ask this guy if I can change my tire in his parking lot. It's a big Polaris dealership. I go in and he simply, I ask him, I say, Caleb, listen, I'm from California. I just had a flat uh, blowout, in fact. Uh, can I change my tire in your parking lot? He looks re—he looks me right in the eye and says, no. But we'll change it for you. On his sleeve of his shirt, he has a Bible verse, Psalm 139, 14. And I look around at the other employees, employees, and they all have the same shirt on with the verse on their shirt. And I'm like, Okay, what, what's that about? 
what, how come you guys have that shirt? And the guy looks me right in the eye and Caleb says to me, our boss has a motto. We do the right thing. And I'm like, whoa, I want to meet this guy. So sure enough, I walk outside. Here's Chris already under my tire, changing my tire, putting it back on. And my thought, and the reason I'm bringing that up is they changed my tire. In 20 minutes, I'm out of there. I stop and I pray for this guy, Caleb. I ask him if I can pray for him and Chris. We pray for him. We share stories. And I simply say to him, Caleb, this wasn't about me having a flat. This was about me getting to meet you. And you inspired me to live out my faith like you and your boss are living out your faith. You're wide open about your faith in Jesus. You're not ashamed of it. And if your boss were here, I would love to meet him because he's a man that's living it out. He's an influencer, and so are you, Caleb. And so I share that because they're loud and proud about their faith. I love mm. it. Mm. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, well, you know, in, in James, I'm, I'm, you're, I'm thinking about the James where he talks about, you show me your faith. You know, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You know, I'll show yeah. you my faith without works is dead. You know, and, and just thinking about how sometimes works and all that do, does speak louder. I mean, and doing good deeds does speak louder than than what we say about our faith or we're saying what we believe. You know, um, when people see it, it's more compelling. And I, and I think I've heard lots of stories about people who've shown up at your meetings out there when you guys are doing, you know, when you do the journey, you guys do it big. I mean, you, you all meet in a big group first and then break into your journey groups, you know, and so it's like a gathering first and then you break into your journey groups. And I've heard of different guys like Jim Pennington, our regional director in Central Coast, talks about how he was so intimidated. Um, he needed Jesus and needed restoration so bad, but he was so intimidated and someone invited him to your meeting and he came and was, you know, not sure he wanted to go in. And then he goes in and the welcome he got and the love he felt drew him in. And then God changed his life and changed everything and restored his marriage. And now he's a regional director for influencers, you know? So, so I think, uh, it's a powerful thing to to see somebody see somebody's faith in action, to see their abiding in action, don't you think? When you're abiding, you recognize those things that God is putting in your path for you to make a difference for the king. Just the story I just said. The, the question we ask is, does a flat tire make your day or wreck your day? Okay. Right. And I think as believers, we need to look at anything that happens to us as God is directing our steps and we need to take hold of that and show up, not go away, not miss the opportunity to share Jesus. So even a flat tire for us on this trip was a, was a chance for us to live out the gospel and not be ticked off that. Cause that wasn't in my plan. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm a, I'm a plan guy who plans how many miles before we stop, how long we're going to spend. But when something happens, it's God directing my steps. And our attitude out here is we want every minute of our life to be impactful and significant for the king. One thing I, I did want to uh, ask you about is thinking about James 2 and talking about how we show our faith by the way we live it out. Um, what I guess I wanted to ask you is if I've, I've known some people, and I've, been, I've probably been this person too, who's tried to do a lot of good works you know, cause I thought I was supposed to, but I wasn't abiding. 
And I think there's a difference there, don't you think, in in just doing works because you think you're supposed to, you know, or or just, you know, signing up to serve at the church because you think you're supposed to, or, you know, you may not even be in your giftings, right? Because you don't even know what your giftings are because you're not abiding. Do you see a difference there, Les? Uh, absolutely. I think we can go through life so many times doing things out of obligation and not from our heart. You know, we had an event just Sunday where we, it's, we call it leadership appreciation. We do it twice a year. And some of our guides voiced to us yesterday. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to go, you know, it was just another thing on the plane. I went out of duty, but I left there so blessed and refreshed and I'm guilty of of not planning my day so that me and my co-guides could have been here. It's my fault, and they missed the blessing. I fortunately went out of duty, walked away blessed. It's it, to me, it's so uh, picturesque of what Gabe represents in the book, um, how he spent all of his time and he was available. He had margin in his day so that he could allow anyone that crossed his path for them to have time with. And I think in our lives, we so often get so time consumed with what we got to get done that we miss the opportunity to show Jesus to others by stopping and loving them. And I'm guilty of that. When I owned a business and was running my business, uh, I kind of thought it was okay because here I'm running a business. I'm also doing ministry. And I'm a time guy. So on a Sunday morning, if I was at church, I'm running from guy to guy uh, to get things, get them to do stuff. So when people would stop me and ask me something, I didn't give them the time of day. Um, and I had to really check myself and say, you know, wait a minute. Uh, my wife and I have given our lives to one thing, and that's to people, because they're the only thing we get to take with us to heaven. And so we have stepped back and redirected our finances and our time so that men and women can be impacted. And I don't want to miss the opportunity that Jesus gives me every day. Um, and we take it serious. That's right. That's right. And you were, you were doing that before you went on staff with influencers. That was just, that's how you guys live and lived your lives, right? Pretty much your whole married life. Yeah, but there are times we screwed it up royally, okay? And, you know, even with our finances, you know, we were investing in our retirement, right? And there was a time, I want to say 20 years ago, that we had to just say, we're investing in the wrong stuff. We're investing in stuff that's going to do us value down the road. We need to be kingdom impacting. So we changed our whole process and we didn't have a retirement plan. We started spending it on taking men and women to uh, romance weekends and, and working on marriages because we felt that's a way better investment than what we were investing in. It's eternity investment. Mm. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, and that is that's so powerful. And and now, how many how many couples have gone to to romance weekend since you guys started doing that? Uh, you know, we keep track of this because I send out notes uh, to them to pray for the next group that's going. So we're currently at four hundred and four couples have gone away for a weekend for romance. Ten couples go at a time. So you do the math. We've done about forty of these uh, over the years. We try to do three or four a year. Yeah. And I mean, and just in case anybody kind of is wondering what we're talking about, I think, you know, so uh, 
Bakersfield is a, they, they use the journey like we all do to help people understand how to abide and how to be a disciple. But then you guys have created lots of different ways for people to live out their faith, you know, and, and avenues to, to live out their giftings. And obviously there's people stepping up to lead journey groups after journey groups and all that, but also you're doing these, you're investing in marriages, you're doing some events to uh, like solely business to help uh, reach people who would never sign up for a nine month journey, but they might come to a weekend where they could get a taste of Jesus. Give, give the, give them some examples of some things you guys are doing to help your people live it out in Bakersfield. Um, the journey is what I would call our main highway mm-hmm. and everything we do are on ramps to get people onto the journey. So we picture it like the major freeway in Dallas. Okay. And then there's a lot of on ramps that you can get on. Uh, and those on ramps are 100% to have people plugged into the journey and have a home. So the things we do, um, if you want to call them events, you can, uh, we call them, uh, ways for men and women to come to Christ. And we call them outreach. We do what we call M24. We have a once a year retreat. We've done it for 17 years now, uh, where we take 900 men away for 24 hours and they can bring anybody they want. It's absolutely free. We feed them like Kings. They get New York steaks. Um, and as Brian has said earlier, we love on them but we give them the gospel. And this last year we had over 200 men um, and their sons give their life to Christ. And Mm -hmm. then we saw such an influx of those people getting on the on-ramp to the journey. And now many of them are plugged into the journey. So we use things like that. You mentioned solely business. It's a weekend retreat that we do four times a year and it's bringing people that are in the business world uh, to a mountaintop to hear about Jesus. And they think in many cases that it's about business. It is. It's the business of the soul. And mm. so we find so many things happening out of there where men's lives are radically changed. And then they turn around and say, hey, what's next? And we plug them into the journey. And why do we do all this stuff? What, what we're talking about, it's an expression of living out our faith. If we just did the journey and just stayed within, then we wouldn't be doing what Rocky is talking about. He talks about going down off the mountain and reaching back. And we believe we're reaching back every day. So, you know, our ladies here have what they call refresh. And three or four times a year, they have a Monday night event where two to 300 women join together. They hear a a woman's story and then they give an invitation and it's an invitation to come to Christ. And then what's next? Yeah, let's get you plugged into a journey group. So everything we do are on ramps to get plugged into the journey. The journey is the main thing. All the other things are on ramps to the main thing. Well, you know, I remember, and this, this was years ago, I was just assessing what I was seeing in influencers. This is before I even was on staff when I was in Tulsa and I was just watching uh, journey groups reproduce and seeing more and more people in your area, my area, around the country start to go through the journey. And we saw life change. And I remember starting to think, well, if we get, if this just keeps happening, there's going to be a city full of abiders out there and that should start changing things. That should start changing churches. That should start changing cities 
families, of course. Um, and I think we're starting to see that. And, and, you know, and now <laughs> these cities are getting organized and becoming branches of influencers like you guys did. And like we did in Tulsa. Um, but that's, that's kind of the next level of, 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 you know, it's about abiding, but it is about affecting this world for God's in this, especially this dark world, the, the darker it gets, our light's going to need to be brighter and we're going to, God needs us to do his work in these cities. Don't you think? Oh, a hundred percent. I love the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. And I used to sing that as a kid. And we're very strong believers that, that Christianity love for Jesus is not held in our closet. It's to be lived out loud and proud for Jesus. So, so we've been to the East Coast. You know, we've been to a lot of things that people think we're strange. They wonder what we drink out here and why are we so excited about our walk with Jesus? So uh, our guys, a lot of people have said they're clones. They're clones of a, a live it out, a Gabe. Uh, and they, they're reminded because they take it serious. That's right. That's right. Well, hey. Um... This is my last question. I'm just I, we're recording this at Christmas time. Now this is this is going to go in the in the can, if you will, for posterity. So hopefully people will be listening to this podcast years later. But we are recording this in December at Christmas time. What what better time to live it out to your world than at Christmas time? What do you have any ideas? You know, if there's somebody out there that's listening to this and they're they're struggling to get into Christmas spirit, they're struggling to for whatever reason, you know, and we all can have highs and lows, even if when you are abiding, you can have uh, some funks and things like that. But in, any thoughts about how people could, you know, get into Christmas by living it out? You know, I just got a text yesterday from one of the guys uh, in, in our group here in the city of Bakersfield, and he made a flyer up and it says the annual Ogden family Christmas dinner boxes, 2022. And he says, please join us. Uh, you can sponsor a family for $40, but we're going to put boxes together on December 16th. We're going to deliver them all on the 17th. We hope to deliver over 500 boxes of food to our neighborhood. So here's a family who's just taken the idea that we do at Thanksgiving and is doing it at Christmas in their own little way, inviting others to come and do it. And I called him and I said, how many you think are going to show up? He says, oh, I'll have 100 to 200 people show up in my garage uh, to start putting the boxes together and at least have that many the next day to deliver them. And I think, wow, okay, that is awesome. We've had another guy who, when we started this turkey thing and started handing out food boxes, he started a ministry here in town uh, called, uh, uh, it's a beautiful uh, ministry called Morning Star, and they just don't deliver at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh, they deliver every month, and they're up to 400 boxes. So they're delivering 400 boxes of food to families every month. For what reason? To show them Jesus, and it's free. And where does he get the food? Um, He's in the produce business, so he knows farmers, and they get food, and they've channeled it to give to those that are in need. So I love it. It's just ways to live it out, and not just at Christmas. It's every day. Well, and, and I mean, what an amazing deal. One guy 
has a heart and he's going to deliver 500 boxes. And then I bet you those hundred couple hundred guy people that show up, I bet a lot of them are journey people, journey, journey guys. (laughs) There's no question. It's no question. So uh, there's, uh, I remember one year, a a friend of mine, uh, we, we ran out of food. So we started going to McDonald's, the only place open and buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of, of meals to take to families. Uh, and so there are so many things we can do, but I, I want to challenge people, uh, not just at this time. I mean, let's face it. We're expected as Christians to give away, uh, stuff at, well, let, let me say it this way. You're pretty much expected to give your wife a, a birthday present on her birthday. And that's kind of like this. I, I encourage us, let's live it out every day. Why do we got to wait till Christmas or Thanksgiving to go to help the homeless or take care of people in need? What's wrong with doing it every day of our life? Yeah, you, you reminded me years ago in Tulsa, there was a there was a pastor who I loved and I met him through some promise keeper trips, Pastor Lewis Bumpers. He was a great, great man and uh, still is a great man. But uh, I would call him. He was kind of in the poorer part of town, if you will. And I would say, hey, is there somebody our small group could bless at Christmas time? We'd like to buy their buy them gifts for them and their family and all that. And and he it was funny because he would always go, yes, I do. But I'd really like it if you would adopt them year round. I, I yes. you know, that you'd get Come to on. know them, get to know them, invite them into your small group. Right. You know, you know, you know, not just at Christmas time. So it's exactly what you're saying. You know, we tend to do these at these you know hallmark moments, but no, it's a year round. It's a daily deal. It's a lifestyle, as you said in the very beginning. Yeah, my <laughs> wife and I were challenged. I'm just going to say this, and this is no credit to us, so please don't take it that way. But we were faced with a decision. We had a woman who was out without a home, okay, she's being evicted. Um, she lost a son when her son was eight, and she's gone through a lot of trauma. Uh, she has a, a kid that's going to college right now. She's without a place to live. Well, go figure. Lori and I have a house that's currently not rented, and we have it up for rent. And we just decided, you know what? We could make money on this or we can kingdom impact on this. What, what's better? And so we chose to go and all my journey guys, 15 guys showed up at her house, picked up all her stuff that she was being evicted from. And we moved her into a house and Lori and I have just decided she can live in there for free. Um, mm. And, you know, I think, from a worldly standpoint, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world to do because you could get 3000 bucks a month for the, that place. Mm. But in the scheme of things, what does God call us to do? The opposite of the world. So mm. e- even us, and when I threw that at my wife, like my mother-in-law and my kids think, you're doing what? <laughs> and, and they know. They know, but they would never do that. My mother-in-law is like, uh, yeah, but all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. They're going to mess the house up. They're going to do the, that. That's not our issue. God calls us to take care of them. Mm, mm, that is awesome. That is awesome. 
Well, hey, man, I think our time is about up. And uh, I just want to thank you for your time this morning. And thank you for all you're doing out there in Bakersfield. And there's some new new leaders you're raising up too to follow in your footsteps that are that are next generation leaders. And uh, and they're awesome guys too. And they get it. And uh, there's what a legacy uh, that's being built there for the future. You know, and it's not just Bakersfield. It's spreading guys a lot of guys leave bakersfield and they move to new cities and then they're calling me going hey we we need to get journey groups going here where we are and get this same love fest started <laughs> started where i live you know and it's happening it's happening in cities all over the country which is awesome so so we love you Les. thanks for all you're doing out there brian thank you for your leadership for your voice and for your love and compassion for this ministry and how it shows thank you uh you're welcome thank you man well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, again, we're continuing our podcast series on the journey and uh, just got a, a couple more episodes left on this. But if you want to catch the other episodes, go to influencers.org and we've got them on our podcast page. Or you can also find them on uh, any of the places, the platforms that you might uh, stream your uh, your podcast like Google or Spotify or Apple. So anyway, uh, my name is Brian Craig and I'm executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.